0: Hey folks, welcome to episode 88 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast. I'm Alex Murray. So this week I'm flying solo again, uh, so it's just me, but we'll be doing our usual look at uh, vulnerabilities fixed by the Ubuntu security team for the past week. Plus I thought it would be a good chance to have a discussion about uh, antivirus and Ubuntu, but in particular uh, about various binaries in Ubuntu being flagged as a virus by various antivirus solutions. This came up because there was a topic raised in discourse.ubuntu.com around this. Um, So yeah, we're going to have a bit of a chat about that. But first, we'll do our usual look at fixes. So there were 56 unique CVEs that were addressed by the team this week. We had an update for QMU for Ubuntu releases 16.04, 18.04 and 20.04 that fixed 13 different CVEs. So I'm not going to go into detail about all of them, uh, but some of the more interesting ones was there was an out-of-bounds read in uh, the networking implementation for QMU so that when replying to an ICMP ping echo request, so if you ping a machine, it will send back a reply, uh, yeah, that reply then would actually contain uh, extra memory that it shouldn't have. So it would essentially read out of a buffer and read past the end of the buffer, so it would memory contents that it shouldn't have in the reply. So you could use that then uh, as an attacker to leak memory from the host. So a cool little attack there. Uh, there was also a fix for um, a network block device implementation. So if you were running uh, an NBD server, uh, you could trigger an assertion failure um, from a remote NDB client. Uh, plus there was also the chance where a malicious guest could cause an out-of-bounds read or write um, in the host uh, SM501 graphics driver. Uh, so you can then get, you know, reading of host memory or maybe you could cause a crash in the host or even code execution. So they were all fixed uh, for QMU. We had an update for curl for uh, Ubuntu 14.04 extended security maintenance and actually talked about uh, this one back in episode 87. Uh, but that was, yeah, if you were using the connect only option, you could get it curl to connect to uh, the wrong host. So essentially get an information leak as a result, uh, you know, by exposing your uh, local details to that. Uh, we had a fix as well for bind for Ubuntu releases 12.04 and 14.04 extended security maintenance plus uh, our 16.04, 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support. Uh, there were uh, five different CVs that were fixed in this update. And uh, the four more interesting ones of those were all different assertion failures that could be triggered uh, by a remote attacker. So, so when querying for zones that were signed by an RSA signature or when uh, handling a truncated response to a TSIG signed request, Uh, There was also the case where if you had enabled QNAME minimization and forward first uh, that handling queries with that could trigger an assertion failure. And finally if uh, you were sending a very large crafted TCP payload that could also get mishandled uh, on uh, the more recent versions of Bind, so that one only affected Bind in Ubuntu 2004 uh, long-term support. But yeah they were all fixed for Bind. We had an update as well for Net SNMP. Uh, this is kind of the standard SNMP sort of daemon and utilities on Linux. Uh, so that was again for a bunch of releases 1204 and 1404, extended security maintenance, plus 1604, 1804, and 2004 long-term support. Uh, in this case uh, NetSNMP had a feature where it would cache uh, MIBs uh, in a directory on the host and so uh, as an attacker if you had read uh, rewrite access to the SNMP service you could then use the NetSNMP extend MIB extension to modify an ex- uh, existing MIB uh, and then that would get cached back to the host as you know per the caching feature. Uh, that you could also modify it though so that when a certain MIB attribute was read, that would then execute a command on the host. And so, you know, this could be seen as a bit of a misfeature, but you would get command execution. Uh, however, that would be as the un. Well, low-privileged SNMP user so not necessarily that bad uh, however uh, as an SNMP user you do have the ability to modify the configuration for the SNMP server so that would mean that you could then rewrite the configuration to then tell NetSNMP SNMP to actually run as root the next time not to drop privileges to the low-privileged user uh, and then you could also then obviously use that to put whatever commands you want in the MIBs as well and that then means you've essentially got uh, code execution as root uh, in the future when Net SNMP restarts. Uh, so this was fixed by a couple of different things. First was to actually de- disable the extend MIB extension by default, but also to actually turn off all of the caching of MIBs as well. Uh, so yeah, they were fixed for net So uh neat little couple of vulnerabilities there. Uh, we had an update as well for GoScript. Uh There were actually 25 different CVEs that were covered here. And all of these were found uh, by someone who was fuzzing GoScript, in particular fuzzing uh, handling of PDF files in GoScript. And so most of them are likely just going to be crashes, you know, due to particular corner cases. Uh, but yeah, so they were, um, yeah, fuzzing as a fuzzing ghost script with address sanitizer turned on. So you kind of, you know, any minor memory um, violation was found there. So that's kind of cool. At least hardens ghost script a bit more. Uh, then we had an update for sane backends. So eight different CVEs were covered in this for Ubuntu releases, 1604 1804 and 2004 long-term support. Uh, these were uh, discovered by uh, the github security team and actually there's a great write-up uh, of this by kevin backhouse at github uh, around this about where he uh, was essentially trying to uh, prank his uh, co-workers at github uh, through a uh, network attached scanner so this the idea is that uh, some of the same backends will scan for network attached scanners so if you open up a um, scanning application like say simple scan in ubuntu it will then go and automatically search for network attached scanners and probe them and things like that and so you could potentially get code execution as a result through this and uh, what kevin did is actually chained together a bunch of different vulnerabilities to work around uh, things like address space layout randomization uh, that stops you know simple code execution from working uh, you need then to be able to you know obviously write to the correct places in memory and to do that then you need an information leak as well that you can exploit so yeah a very cool write-up very detailed uh, so i've got a link to that in the show notes plus a link to his uh, youtube video where he demonstrates the exploit as well so pretty neat Uh, And last up, we had an update for Postgres. So this was for Ubuntu releases 16.04, 18.04 and 20.04 long-term support. Two different vulnerabilities, uh, both in uh, mishandling of the search path, which could then allow a remote attacker to execute arbitrary SQL code. So one of these was when uh, using logical replication and the other around the create extension command. So they were fixed for Postgres. And that is it for the last week in security updates. So as I mentioned at the start, I thought it would be timely to have a bit of discussion about uh, antivirus and how it, uh, I guess, mm, interacts with different uh, Ubuntu binaries. This was brought up on uh, discourse.ubuntu.com recently where uh, I saw a bunch of uh, people who are using Ubuntu under uh, WSL2, so the Windows subsystem for Linux uh, version 2, they're running, say, Ubuntu 2004 there, uh, and certain binaries are potentially getting flagged by the antivirus running on their Windows host as a result. In particular, uh, the JQ binary, which is often used for manipulating JSON, uh, was flagged by a couple different um, you know, antivirus as potential trojans. Uh, so, in the case of Windows Defender, that apparently flags it as a coin miner, so you know mining Bitcoin, and Trend Micro uh, flags it as uh, a different kind of trojan. Uh, so both of these are false positive. You know, we have done uh, our due diligence. We've reviewed the source code of jq as well that is in Ubuntu, uh, and yeah, you know, there is no uh, significant differences to upstream there, and uh, you know, upstream uh, are clean. So uh, we don't believe this is a real vulnerability. But uh, the question then remains as to how uh, you know, antivirus are classifying this. In the past, we have had cases where Ubuntu binaries or Ubuntu packages do get flagged as uh, you know potential. Uh, viruses or uh, malware and in particular we actually have a, a file within the our Ubuntu CBE tracker which is public uh, so if you look, go to um, code.launchpad.net slash Ubuntu CBE track you can see that all there and we kind of list there you know, the kind of false positives that have been found in the past. So there are certain things in Ubuntu like, um, say, CLAM-AV itself, the antivirus scanner that does contain some you know, samples in it that get flagged, obviously. Uh, we have other things like um, email forwarding tools like PyMilter and stuff. Uh, they contain some different deactivated uh, virus samples as well for internal diagnostic testing that get flagged. Uh, we even have things like um, some uh, like network security tools like uh, Nepenthes, gets, uh, that's a honeypot tool, so it gets um, flagged. Uh, we have other stuff like uh, mass scan, so that's a port scanner that gets identified as well. So yeah, lots of these things are kind of, you know, sometimes uh, they're hacking tools or network security tools to get flagged. Uh, but in this case, JQ is actually quite innocent. And so, yeah, uh, we and others have been trying to work with these upstream virus uh, AV vendors to try to identify why they're flagging that. Um, and to get them to at least understand that it's not Uh, it is interesting you can go and look at this stuff yourself directly so if you install the jq binary and then do a sha 256 sum on it and then paste the result into virus title you can actually go and see where you know these different av scanners classified or misclassified Um, it's not all of them but it is some of them so yeah Uh, but yeah don't be alarmed Uh, you know there is uh, no malware in jq that we are aware of but uh, you know it is uh, an interesting thing to uh, to look at But yeah, so, you know, if you are uh, running uh, Ubuntu in WSL2 and you're running uh, antivirus and you do see these things, uh, don't be afraid to let us know. Report a bug uh, on Launchpad or send us an email, security.ubuntu.com, and we can certainly help you investigate that or, you know, document it at least so that if others see it, uh, they don't need to be alarmed as well. All right. So that's it for this week's episode. As usual, if you want to contact us, uh, you can reach us at security.ubuntu.com. We're also in the Ubuntu Hardened channel on the Freenode IRC network. Uh, as I said, we have discourse.ubuntu.com and there is a security section there, so you can come and raise a the topic there like uh, others did about antivirus. Or you can find us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening again for this week. Uh, I'll be back again with you next week. But until then, remember, keep calm because we've got you back and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.